Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast over 14 years, 500 episodes featuring conversations with people like Mark Cuban, David Stern, Jeannie Buss, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, and Kyrie Irving on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. We're ranked in the top 100 of the business news podcast section on iTunes. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. I'm joined in studio by our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, it's been a while since we've done a show yes. that's not an interview show. We have no interview this week. We decided, you know what? It's about us this week. It's We're, personalities at its that's finest. That's right. <laughs> We're going to showcase our award-winning now yeah. personalities. Because Griggs, here's a funny story. This is how life works sometimes. You know, you talk about getting blindsided with bad news. Yeah. Sometimes you get blindsided with good news. That's always good. And last Friday, we got blindsided with some good news. So Synopsis Media, they have awards, and they're pretty prestigious. And, you know, I followed them for a long time and admired the award winners and certainly take notice when someone wins an award in a TV or digital or audio category. And I wake up Friday morning, and I go on Twitter and I see some person standing on stage in New York at the Synopsis Media Awards with the Sports Business Radio <laughs> with Brian Berger logo behind him. And it says, winner. And that's how I found out that we won an award for Best Podcast. And it is beyond flattering. It's almost surreal because we beat out shows on the NBA we beat out shows from Fox Sports. So to be recognized for best podcast by Synopsis Media at their award ceremony uh, on Friday in New York. And our award comes in conjunction with our partner Boingo on our Sports Business Radio Roadshow presented by Boingo. So Boingo shares this award with us. But it's really flattering, Griggs. I mean, you know, as we've said many times, we sit in our studio here in Portland, Oregon. And yes, we hear from people on email and via social media and Sometimes when we're doing our road show, people will come up to us and, and comment about our show. But for the most part, we sit in the studio here in Portland, and you don't really know how many people are listening and who's listening right. and things like that. So to get recognized at this level, it was beyond flattering. Yeah, it's cool. You texted me Friday with a picture, a screenshot of it. I'm like, <laughs> wow, sweet. This is who's awesome. Who's that guy on stage? <laughs> yeah, who's, where, where'd this come from? But yeah, it's really cool. It's always cool to be recognized, like you said. And we've been, I mean, there's so many podcasts out there now. A lot of bad ones, a lot of good ones. And we've been doing it since 2007, right? Yeah. I mean, before people knew what podcasts really were. Right. So it's kind of cool to be recognized now that we're in our, you know, 11th year of podcasting, uh, to get recognized. And it's great. Yeah, no, it, it's very nice. It, and I always say not to brag or, or, you know, sound arrogant, but I'll put our guest list and our content oh, yeah. on this show up against any podcast, radio show, anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like the people that come on this show bring the real. They talk to us in, in long form. I mean, in the last few weeks, we had Miami Heat coach Eric Spolster on. We had Miami Dolphins president Tom Garfinkel on. In coming weeks... We've got uh, a great guest list, TJ Adeshola, who is the head of Twitter Sports. He used to be at ESPN. We're going to talk Twitter with him and social media. Matt Higgins, who we met when we were in Miami at the Dolphins right, game. Right. He's the co-founder and CEO of RSE Ventures, where he partners with Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross. 
he's also a shark on Shark mm-hmm. Tank. So he's been on Shark Tank. We've had Mark Cuban on this show. Now we'll have another shark, Matt Higgins, that's coming up on our podcast on December 4th. And then the week of uh, December 11th, we'll be in New York, and I'll sit down with Oliver Luck, the new commissioner of the XFL. By that time, I think we're going to have an announcement on cities that will have XFL teams. Mm-hmm. So, And then we cap our year. As a reminder to our audience, December 18th, that podcast will feature our year-end top 10 sports business stories of 2018. If you want to send us your top 10 stories or even a few stories, use the hashtag SBR2018 top 10. SBR2018 top 10. It's always a fun show, that that wrap-up show, because you realize when you look back for a year, you're yeah. like, holy crap, there's a lot of stuff that happens in a year. Yeah. You know, And we, we used to do 20. Now we're down to 10, which is, is even more intense, which I like. But it's like, wow, that happened this year? That happened this year? Okay, cool. So it's fun to kind of you know put that list together and kind of recap the year in sports and sports business. Yeah, and there have been several scandals this year, and right. we'll, we'll get to some of those in a minute. But um, it's going to be an interesting list because there's a lot of things that could be on that top ten list. Yep. And I have a feeling that some are going to be left on the cutting room <laughs> floor, yes. so to speak. Uh, some you know, big deaths. Paul Allen just died. We did a show on that, and we heard from Paul Allen when he was on this show uh, several years ago. But long story short, we're thrilled to win a Synopsis Media Award. Uh, if you don't subscribe to our podcast, check it out on iTunes. We feel like we have a... a an award-winning podcast there now. You go. <laughs> and now we have the, the title to go with it, and uh, it's good to get noticed. And look, congratulations to the other nominees in our category. They're fantastic as well. They could have flipped a coin and, and probably picked any one of us in the category and uh, done just fine. Yep. Um, some other things I, I want to hit on, like I just mentioned, we have a great guest list coming up the rest of the year. I just mentioned some of those guests that are coming up. Um. Uh, our show to our shows in Miami when we went and did the road show there, and then we also went and sat down with Eric Spolster. We haven't really spoken about that because we just played you the Tom Garfinkel interview. We played you the Eric Spolster interview last week. We had uh, Jordy, the president of EuroLeague, on the show, and he was great. But let's dig into that trip to Miami. First of all, Griggs, you had never been to Miami. So this is no. your maiden voyage to Miami. Yeah. What were your thoughts? It was uh, really cool, actually. It was a whole different vibe. It was so international. And my wife had been there before, and uh, not to – she'd been to Orlando. And she said, just look at the people and the vibe. It's, right. It doesn't feel like Oregon. It doesn't feel uh, like America. Very different than I mean, Oregon. <laughs> we we stuck out – two white guys walking on the beach. Yeah. Nobody else – I mean, we looked like the odd ones out, which was awesome. Yeah. So, the, I mean, the scenery was amazing. The beach was amazing. The city's awesome. I had a lot of fun. We always eat good, so we had good food and yeah. good drinks, and uh, the hotel was phenomenal with, like, five pools, and they were filming a Univision show. We were out yeah. there watching them do that. That was fun. You lived the high life yeah. that trip. Yeah, it was great. I loved it. And then we took a, a great... So we stayed at the... I'll give a plug. We yeah. stayed at the Epic Hotel, um, and it's a great hotel right there in uh, Biscayne Bay, mm-hmm. and they have just a killer pool. I mean, like you said, it's a great pool. Oh, yeah. But uh, I love the picture of you on the balcony (laughs) and hashtag I can feel it coming in the air tonight. (laughs) And and the thing that's funny now is I think I sent you. So the Miami Heat have gone total Miami Vice uniform. Yeah. (laughs) And they did a whole video, you know, with Dwayne Wade and the Ferrari. And it's a takeoff of Miami Vice. And I can feel it coming in the air tonight. (laughs) We started it. We did. (laughs) 
I think Phil Collins actually oh, started Phil probably it. And then did. Miami Vice took yeah. it from there. Then we took it. We kept going. And then the Heat took it. <laughs> well, it was funny. I don't know if you saw LeBron James uh, had a few things to say about the Heat's Miami Vice uniforms because his son plays AAU basketball and they have clutch, or no, not clutch city, chip city. Oh, yeah. Like championship city, right, chip right, city right. uniforms that look a lot like the Miami <laughs> Heat uniforms now. So he was kind of like, he put the little eyeballs out there like, huh. Yeah. These look uh, really similar. Yeah, that's cool. I'm sure the Heat had to go through several oh, protocols yeah. at the NBA level to get that done. And uh, they didn't rip off LeBron's AAU no, team, not. Chip City. The but bottom of the the bottom line is we took our talents to South Beach. We did, <laughs> we did, yeah, and uh, it was great. So yeah, Miami, awesome city. If you haven't been, go check it out. And if you haven't listened to the conversations with Tom Garfinkel from the Dolphins, who I thought was just so insightful, yeah, uh, I got to tell you, I've interviewed a lot of executives. He was one of the most impressive that I've interviewed. Um, I love the culture he's created there. Look. The Dolphins have not won a championship in a long time. They haven't had a lot of winning seasons. But on the business side of things, they are amongst the leaders in the NFL and in all of sports with their digital properties and the renovation at Hard Rock Stadium. Yeah. $500 million. It looks like they spent a billion dollars because they took a 30-year-old venue and just made it look like a modern venue of today's standards. They're going to host the Super Bowl in 2020. It was a really interesting insight. We got to go to a Dolphins game, which was cool. I think uh, yep. your first time in a in an NFL press box. Uh, press box, yes, yes, it was awesome. I mean, that field is so cool how they built it. It's just like the stands are right down on the ground. Yeah, it you're feels right, like you're on right on top on of it. the action. It gets loud. Um, it was like 95 degrees that day. It was super oh hot. Oh my god! But it the was press so box hot. was nice and 70 chill. But it was, uh, yeah. I mean, that was a cool experience. And they, you're right. Their renovation there is phenomenal. I mean, it's uh, it looks good. It feels good. The food was good there. The staff is just all over it there. It's it's cool. Really good. And you forget all the history. You know, you go and you see the Dan Marino yeah. and the Don Shula and the Joe Robbie. And, you know, to this day, no one's had an undefeated season like they did. They went 16-0. and So every time someone loses this year, the Chiefs or the Rams, the Rams were the last team to, to you know, not go undefeated, yeah. so to speak. And they popped the bubbly in Miami saying, hey, we're still the only team, that 1972 Dolphins team that 16-0. and So uh, it was great to be up close inside of an NFL operation. And then, Griggs, we literally hop into an Uber, yeah. and we go to Miami Heat headquarters, and we sit down with Eric Spolstra. And you know, as I said on that podcast, I've known Eric for over a decade. He and I have traveled to the Philippines together. That's how I got to know David Fisdale so well, too, because Coach Fizz was on Eric's staff. So I know the two of them really well. But I hadn't sat down for a conversation like that with Eric probably since we were on a plane to the Philippines. That would have been, like, an amazing podcast. That was back in, like, 2009 or 10. I mean, we had, like, 13 hours on the plane. People probably would have gotten sick of the podcast after, like, two hours. But imagine if we recorded, like, a podcast – here we go from L.A. to Manila. <laughs> we talked it, about that, like setting up our little mobile studio in the seats and just you and me bantering the whole time. 
Yeah, that I don't know if people want to hear us. Must listen to radio. But I'm saying I was sitting in business class with Eric Spolster on the way to the Philippines, and and we could have gone on forever. He probably would have like tuned me out and taken a nap (laughs) because we were in the in the business class. You have the seats that uh, fold down into beds. Nice. So you know we were we were going in in style. Yeah. But uh, it was great to sit down with Eric, and he's now a father. I feel like he's much more reflective now in his 11th year as a head coach than he was when I first started, you know, uh, hanging out with him when he first became a head coach. Um, And, you know, I know his sister. I know his dad. So I've got some history with him. And I just thought he was really revealing in that conversation the fact that he talked about that coaches go to dark places and what he does to deal with the pressure of being an NBA head coach and dealing with the noise that's in the media. So, again, if you haven't listened to the Tom Garfinkel and the Eric Spolster podcast, check us out, sportsbusinessradio.com, or go to iTunes and check those episodes out because those are really, really good. We'll return to our conversation after a word from our sponsor. Griggs, we want to tell everyone about our friends at Robinhood. They're an amazing investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. There are so many people that hate paying those $10 commissions on every trade that they make. Robinhood removes that. It's a great entry into the marketplace. If you're trying to build your portfolio, you want to make investments easy, Robinhood is the app for you. You know, it's cool. I mean, you see in the news about the stock market, you know, sell-off or it's a big gain or it's, a, you know, it's all over the place. So the thing that's cool about Robinhood is you've got it right in your hand. Your mobile phone, you can make your trade, you can make your change, whatever you need to do when you watch the market kind of bubble up and down. It's just easy. You don't have to make a call to the broker and find all this stuff. You just boom, punch, 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 and you got it. And it has been up and down lately. Yeah. It's, it's been uh, a little volatile, but <laughs> you know what? It's good. It's been really good for us, and since we got this app, it's made trading so much easier. And the other thing I love about it is it's got easy-to-understand charts and market data. You can place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone it also lets you view stock collection. So if I want to look at the 100 most popular sectors like entertainment or social media, or I even want to curate a category like female CEOs, it will pull that up for me. So one of the things I like to do when I'm buying and selling stocks is I want to know a little bit about that stock, some of the history, some of the people behind it, and uh, how it's been trading in the past six months, past 12 months, this Robinhood app has all of the charts. It makes it super easy. And again, I don't have to get on the phone with a broker, four taps on my phone, and we're in. Griggs, Robinhood is giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Sign up at sbradio.robinhood.com. That's sbradio.robinhood.com. Again, free stock. This is a pretty good gift for our listeners. Apple, Ford, Sprint. Build your portfolio. This is a very easy entry point for beginning investors. Sign up today at sbradio.robinhood.com. That's sbradio.robinhood.com. Now back to our conversation. I get notes all the time from people, Griggs, you need to talk about more international sports. Well, look, we talked about EuroLeague last week, and it was interesting. And, you know, if you're an NBA fan and you see Luka Doncic just killing it right now in the NBA, Luka Doncic played in EuroLeague. So they've got some great players in that league. I think one of their challenges is keeping the players in that league. The money's not the same as it is in the NBA. The prestige 
and the fame isn't the same as it is in the NBA, but they have some really good teams there. One of the other takeaways from that interview is imagine, and I can't think of another league like this other than, you know, maybe football or soccer in, in Europe, but you're managing a league that has teams that play in 13 different countries. Imagine the different cultures, yeah. the different languages, the different politics, the different currencies. I mean, it's just crazy to try and manage one league that has teams in 13 different countries. So uh, they've done a good job with that. They've got a good TV deal. I thought that was an interesting interview as well. Well, you got he was mentioned about Tony Parker being an owner of one of the teams too, which is right. pretty cool. Having a you know a player that's an NBA legend, but pretty much over here. And owning a team over there, which is pretty cool too. So there's that crossover. And I mean, you just see it in the last years of the NBA. There's, there's so much more crossover with the European players. Like when I was a kid, it was like you'd see one out of a whole roster. It might be a Euro player. Now it's like you see four, five, six players on a team sometimes. So you see how it's growing and how they are crossing over. And I think your point too about the, the goal is how are they going to keep some of those high players over there long enough to keep the momentum going? Right. We'll see. So one of the other things I wanted to talk about, just mentioned really quickly, uh, our friend Keith Foreman, who co-founded Sports Business Radio with me back in 2004, sent me a link to <laughs> Saturday Night Live skit of the potties, P-O-D-D-Y-S. Yep. And ironically, it originated in Portland, Oregon. And this is a Saturday Night Live skit, so it's not real. But it, Griggs, we both it's laughed awesome. so hard at it because it basically is a, it's a, it's just a funny skit about yeah. podcasting, whether you know, it's the easiest transition to a sponsor read within the <laughs> podcast or some of the silly categories of podcasts that yeah. are out there. Some of the, you know, the, not the needless podcast, but you're like, there's a podcast about that? <laughs> yeah. What? But the, the two hosts of the award show are so funny. And it's, I don't know, a six-minute skit. Yeah, yeah. But it was just funny because podcasting is growing, obviously. And I think they start off saying there's – Three zillion podcasts out there now, which it seems like sometimes they are. Like you said earlier in this show, uh, there's some good ones and some bad ones. Yeah. There's some professional ones, and there's some ones that you're just like, what? Yeah. What are they talking about? But it was a very funny skit. So if you haven't seen it, you can go to our Twitter feed at SB Radio, and we've got it uh, up there. But uh, Griggs, pretty funny stuff. Yeah, I mean, any podcast fan will will laugh at it because it's it's just classic SNL and it's classic just making a mockery of podcasts. So if you listen to podcasts, it's funny because you'll understand what they're saying. Every one of them, and the the host, I love the host too. I am so excited to be here. Yeah, <laughs> they're just like they, you can tell they're just like, what are we doing here? <laughs> well, they had me right at the beginning when it's like. The potties from Portland, Oregon, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, of course, Portland, yeah. Oregon, and then it's like sponsored by MeUndies. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oh my god, because yeah. there are certain podcast sponsors that you hear across right almost every podcast. You're just like, oh, I hear. I'm not going to name them because I don't want to give anyone. I just named one, but yeah. I don't want to name more than one. But you, you're like, wow, that company is a <laughs> podcast sponsor of like 50 podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> So it, it's just, it's kind Funny. of, and then the, the best award for, uh, transition into a read. And that's one of the hard things because I'll, I'll give you a little behind the scenes out there, audience. Most sponsors, they want to be what's called baked into the podcast, right? They don't want it at the end. They don't really want it at the beginning. They want to be like in the flow right. of the podcast. Right. So baked in means like at halftime of the podcast. Yeah. So. Some people have a hard time doing that transition, like you're talking about something really serious, or you're listening to this great interview, and all of a sudden, 
Time for that read. <laughs> and it's important. And the sponsors keep us uh, doing what we're doing and on the road at our road show and, and things like that. But this was a funny skit because it, it really uh, made fun of those transitions, which a lot of times are, are pretty awkward. It's just like yeah. out of left field that the read is dropped <laughs> into the middle of the podcast. Yeah, there was one that on this skit where they're talking about like some kind of a Dateline vibe. Like, and then they found the body. Come get this uh, hamburger yeah. at John's yeah. Burgers today. Right. Yeah. It so it's kind of good. It's funny. <laughs> Very, very funny. All right. Let's talk about some news. Uh, and some of this is a little older, but, you know, we haven't done a show like this in a while because we've been doing a lot of interviews. Uh, first of all, let's go back to the World Series. The Boston Red Sox, historically good, uh, win the World Series, beat the Dodgers hands down. I mean, the Dodgers could have easily gotten swept. They won that 18-inning marathon. You knew someone was going to win on a home run on that because everyone, all the yeah. pitching was exhausted. But here's my gripe on Major League Baseball. I'm going to do a little rant here, Griggs. Do it. The ratings were down sharply. And going into that World Series, me and a lot of other people thought, wow, it's Boston, it's L.A., it's the Dodgers, Red Sox, two iconic teams, big fan bases. This is going to be a ratings bonanza. Well, guess what? It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> and it was, I think, the second lowest rated World Series in the last 10 years. So that's really bad for baseball. When you have two of your most marquee teams, two big markets, and those are the ratings you're getting. And Griggs, I've got some theories on why baseball is where it is. Number one, we don't know any of these superstars personally, right? So Mike Trout, Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton... Um, you know, Jose Altuve, some of these great players out there. Justin Verlander, we know a little bit because he's got a supermodel wife, Kate Upton. But we don't really know the players. If you look at, by contrast, the NBA, how many things do we know about LeBron James? How many things do we know about Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and the personalities, Joel Embiid, of the NBA? Major League Baseball needs to do a much better job of introducing us to the personalities of the baseball players. And, by the way, they don't play with helmets, right? So you can see their face. Mm -hmm. You can get relatively up close to them. Not as close as a basketball court, but pretty up close to them. I can't tell you three things about Mike Trout. And maybe it's because that's what he wants. Maybe all the baseball players just want their privacy. But I have a hard time believing yeah. that all of them have no personality and want privacy, there's got to be some players, pick five, and blow them up and turn them into superstars in the media and show me their personality. So that's number one. It's amazing, Griggs, because I feel like we knew the stars of the 70s and 80s better than we know today's players, and we had less media then. And we didn't have social media. We had four TV channels, actually three in the 70s and 80s, CBS, ABC, NBC. We didn't even have Fox right. back in the 70s and 80s. We knew the Big Red Machine and Pete Rose and you know all the players on that team. We knew all the Yankees. Yeah. We knew the Red Sox. We knew even the role players on these teams, the Dodgers, Davey Lopes and Ron Say and Steve Garvey and, and players like that. Today, with much more media... We don't know these players. How is that possible if you're Major League Baseball? The other thing that is absolutely killing the game, and I think Craig Council made a mockery of it, and it's really interesting if you paid attention since the offseason 
several of his coaches on his staff have quit. And I don't know if it's because of this, Mm. but when Craig Council has an opening pitcher, not a starting pitcher, an opening pitcher, and he faces one batter, throws six pitches, and then you go to the bullpen, who the heck wants to watch that? Analytics is killing the game. And these games that take three, four, five hours, or in the case of the 18-inning game, seven hours? Let me tell you what, and this is the biggest takeaway that I can say for baseball and even other sports, but baseball really has this problem, Griggs. And you students out there, listen to this closely. The generation that's coming up has ADD. I have a 13-year-old daughter. I have a case study in my house. You have a son. Okay, They want instant gratification. They do not have a long attention span. When you have a product like Major League Baseball that takes three or four hours to complete the game, you are in big, big trouble. And this isn't your grandfather's baseball anymore. This is today's generation, okay? There's some people like us that will sit and watch a baseball game, but I even won't watch all nine innings. I'll pop in and pop out or flip around the, the channels. And if it's the playoffs, maybe I'll watch the whole game. I don't know that I'm going to watch 18 innings, but the problem for baseball is the analytics are slowing down the game. They've done, you know, the little shot clock to get the batters in the batter's box. But when you have a game that takes three or four hours and you've got this next generation of young people coming up with ADD, how do you solve that, Griggs? And these young people don't see the personalities of the players like I just pointed out. I think Major League Baseball is, is headed down a bad road. I, I really do. Yeah, there's nothing to connect with, like you said. I mean, you don't know the players. Uh, the game takes forever. Like, I think one of your key points there was these pitchers that come in and throw three pitches, and then it's time for another bullpen break. Right. You're going to lose. That's where you lose your audiences, because you get the, you're back to the game, and then they throw five or six pitches, and they're out again. I mean, not to sound like the get-off-my-lawn guy, No, but, but Nolan Ryan used to come in, and he'd throw 225 pitches. Right. Now you have a guy that comes in and throws six pitches? Yeah, it's crazy. Are you kidding me? And like you said, you're slowing down the game. Now we gotta go to the mound. Now we gotta go to the bullpen. Now the new pitcher has to warm up. It yep. takes yep. forever. So let's say that you're excited to sit down and watch Dodgers and Brewers. And five minutes into the game, you've got a pitching change. Yeah. I'm flipping the channel. Yeah. And I'm going, are you kidding me? This is a joke. Yeah. There's gotta be some rule about, you know, unless someone gets hurt. Let the starters go a certain they They've got to come up with some way to speed up baseball because I'm telling you right now, the next generation with ADD is not going to sit and watch these games. And they're not even going to go to the games that take this long. So the other thing is that attendance and TV ratings down this year across the board. Okay. So that's uh, a precursor to this next generation going, eh, I don't know if I'm going to sit through that long of a game. With all the analytics. And then another thing, Griggs, that just bothers me is, so I have nothing against the new school guys. Like Alex Cora pressed all the right buttons in the World Series. Everything he did was right. His gut was right on everything he did. So not for me to second guess. It resulted in a world championship. But what's happening with a lot of these teams, and I'll use the Dodgers as an example with Dave Roberts, their GM is like an analytics guru, right? He's basically managing that team. He's given Dave Roberts all the matchups, and he's saying, Dave, this is how you're going to manage this game. When you're starting a series against 
the Milwaukee Brewers, and you have your three best players on the bench because analytics tells you you should have other guys in the lineup to face the Brewers? Are you kidding me? Yeah. In the olden days, you didn't sit your three best players because analytics said put these other three guys in the game because they have better production against left-hand pitching or or whatever it is against a, a reliever. That can't happen. And... So I feel like a lot of these managers are puppets now. And you see like the Paul Molitors and the Buck Showalters lose their job this offseason because they're old school. They're not going to listen to the analytics guys. They're going to manage based on their gut and what they feel has been right for them for years. They're not going to listen to the, the nerdy analytics guy that says, hey, this is how you have to manage your team. Those guys say, if that's how you think you have to manage the team, then I'm out. Like, there's a there's a different philosophy there. And I feel like the more we go to the puppet analytic manager who's just implementing the plan of the general manager who's sitting in his science lab or her science lab doing the analytics, it also makes baseball bad. So, Griggs, long story short, I'm down on baseball right now. I think if you look at the attendance going down, the TV ratings going down, we don't know the star players, the games take forever – Analytics is dominating baseball to a point where it's slowing the game down to a snail's pace. And you had two of the marquee teams in baseball, the Boston Red Sox, the Los Angeles Dodgers, in the World Series, huge fan bases, and the ratings were amongst the worst in the last decade. That's my case, Griggs. Yeah, I think, uh, and it's funny because my wife's a big baseball fan, and now that we, we're talking about this after the fact, we didn't watch it that much either. Normally we did. And right. I think it's just subconsciously, it's like the same kind of stuff we're talking about. I'm like, like, I lose interest. There's a commercial break every three seconds. There's these games that go forever. And I think that's probably why. And it's just all these things adding up. It's turning away the, the average viewer, I think. Well, it's on its way to becoming a, a niche sport yeah. if they don't be careful. So uh, I, I have friends at Major League Baseball. I'm a baseball fan. But for all the reasons I just brought up, I have big concerns for the long-term viability of them as one of the core three sports. All right, another topic I wanted to get to. I'm in PR. We do the Sports PR Summit. I founded that. I've been in crises PR for over 20 years, Griggs. And I have to tell you that the way some of these universities are handling the big time crises that are coming this way, their way is, is absolutely stunning. So Maryland is the latest example, right? You have your coach who by all accounts just ran a really, uh, militant program. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll use that term. A kid dies on his watch. Okay. You hear stories about some of the methods that they're using inside that locker room and on the practice field with the players. The players don't want this coach back, and they voice their opinions on social media. Maryland says, hey, you know what? We're going to bring the coach back. But then 24 hours after pressure from fans, donors, and the media, they reverse field and they fire DJ Durkin as the head coach at Maryland. They had no idea what they were doing no. in that crisis. And if you look back at Ohio State with Urban Meyer a few months ago, if you look at Michigan State with the whole Dr. Larry Nassar thing, if you look at Penn State back a few years ago with Joe Paterno and Jerry Sandusky, if you look at Florida State, if you look at Baylor, these are big schools, Griggs. Yeah. 
And the fact that they have mishandled these situations so badly is downright scary. You would think that if you're a big company or you're a big university, you would have a crisis PR plan in place. And it may not be for an exact situation, right. but part of planning crises like I have is is you want to anticipate things before they happen. So you can kind of guess what scenarios would be. The coach just got fired. Someone got a DUI. God forbid someone dies. There's you know some uh, crime on campus, let's say. There's categories you can kind of anticipate mm-hmm. that may happen. And you want to figure out what's the protocol if those things happen. Who's our spokesperson? How do the police respond? What do we do with law enforcement? What's the chain of command? All of these things. And in these cases at these big universities, this is not happening. And in fact, you can see because they changed course several times, they're flying by the seat of their pants. Yeah, and I think the biggest one is the most recent with Maryland. I mean, to to you know you know say the coach is back and then oh wait and well we got too much bad feedback and now he's gone. I mean that's the worst thing you could do going back and forth and back and forth. I think that's the. I mean, that, that's the sign right there. They weren't prepared at all because they were waiting until something happened and then, oh, we're going to do this. And then something else happens. Oh, we're not going to do this. Train wreck. It's a train wreck. And, and I got to tell you, I'm really down on college sports right now. I am really down because of these scandals, because of, you know, the NCAA trial that just took place, the hoops trial, where several guys were busted. And look, I've said on this show, I used to do some work for Nike back in the day, and I saw some of this stuff with my own two eyes. I can't talk about a lot of it, but it's been going on for a long time. Yeah. And for people to continue to pretend that there aren't players being paid and paid <laughs> a lot of money is just silly. And then, you know, you see like what's going on at Louisville right now. So Louisville is an interesting microcosm of college sports right now. Several months ago, the guy from Papa John embroiled in scandal, so they remove his name from the football stadium. So now it's not Papa John Stadium anymore. Then the Rick Pitino scandal hits. They may end up owing him $44 million, even though he's gone. Griggs, this past weekend, they fired their football coach, Bobby Petrino. (laughs) Petrino, Petino. (laughs) Petrino gets fired, and he may be owed $12.5 million. So... I'm not a mathematician, but 44 and, and 12 and a half, yeah. that's a lot of money. Yeah. And these colleges pay these coaches all this money. They make them God on their campus. And then they become slaves to them. And they're doing illegal things, not all of them, but a lot of them. And I just have a bad taste in my mouth about college sports. And, you know, I know we had Mark Emmert on our road show last December and you know, I feel for Mark in a lot of ways because he's got to oversee 1,400 university presidents. He is trying to reside over a political firestorm and a lot of student athletes. But when I see that, oh, the hoops trial's over, now it's up to the NCAA to decide punishments hmm. for these schools. And I look back and I see that the NCAA did not punish Michigan State for the Dr. Larry Nassar fiasco, the complete loss of institutional control. Do we have any faith that they're going to do anything with the hoop schools? Which, by the way, I don't think is in the same universe as serious as what happened with Dr. Larry Nassar. Yeah. I have no faith in the NCAA 
to govern student athletes, governing the institutions, and restore institutional control when there's a loss of it on these campuses. It is a joke. The landscape in college sports is out of control. And there's no one that you can turn to and say, okay, this entity, this governing body, or even this person is going to restore order to this. I think it's it's... I don't even know what the future of the NCAA is. Yeah, I don't even know where you start. I mean, it's just a tornado of every... And like you say, it's like, this university is okay, like Michigan State, no punishment. Then this university gets punished for this. And it's like, there's no there's no fine line. No one knows what's going to happen. And I think there's so many, as a as a viewer or a fan, there's so much hidden stuff that, that you don't know about, which is hard to engage, I think, with a university or your your favorite team or whatever, because it's like, well... What about this corruption I keep hearing about? Is this real? Do I want to support this team or this school? What's going on? Because you don't know. Well, and I'll tell you this. Anyone who's ever dealt with a university, and you know, I'm in the private sector now, and I've dealt with some universities, whether it's for our road show or for some other projects that I've worked on, Griggs, they live in a bubble. Yeah. I, I will outright call it out right now. They live in a bubble, and they think that the bubble they live in is – the world. Mm-hmm. And again, you bring these coaches in who are gods on the campuses, or you bring in a monster like Dr. Larry Nassar, who is given all of this control and people trust him and, you know, things go awry with him and people try and bring down Dr. Nassar or they try and bring down one of these coaches and people are like, what are you doing? These coaches are producing billions of dollars for our school and our program. And they're just out of touch with reality on these college campuses because they make their own rules. The presidents oftentimes are in the dark about all of this stuff until it's too late. How about the guy at Maryland? I mean, he basically went rogue, that president. He's like, I'm resigning. But then he comes back 24 hours after <laughs> they reinstated the coach. And he was looking down at the floor the whole time. You want to talk about studying body language? Yeah. He's reading a statement looking down at the floor when he reinstated that coach. Then he comes back the next day. He's looking right into the camera, and he's like, this coach isn't coming back. Like, we're firing this coach. His board of directors wanted him to bring back the coach, but he's like, you know what? I'm leaving here. I'm going rogue on this thing. This is not the right thing to do. I am getting rid of this coach. And maybe there's some lawsuits that happen. Who knows? But at the end of the day, the president who went rogue did the right thing. But they should have made that decision the first time around, Griggs. They should have gotten rid of this coach you know, after an investigation months earlier, but they didn't. And part of these programs now, you have a brand. How does the Maryland brand continue when you have that guy as your coach? If you're a parent, are you going to go, yeah, I want to send my son to play for that guy where a football player died on his watch? Really? You, yeah. you think that's, that's not a good look. It's not good optics. And you don't think the other coaches in competition with Maryland are going to go sit in the living room of that recruit and go, you're going to Maryland? You're talking to Maryland? They had a kid die there. Here's all the things that are going on at Maryland. They're going to use that against Maryland. They had to bring in a new coach. Anytime you have one of these scandals, you have to bring in a new coach because when there's such competition in recruiting, the other coaches are going to use that against your program. So you've got to handle it accordingly. All right, Griggs. Uh, So on our show, like we said, coming up in coming weeks, TJ Adeshola, the head of Twitter Sports. We've got Matt Higgins, the shark from Shark Tank. He's also a partner with Miami Dolphins owner Stephen Ross. And then Oliver Luck at our road show. And then December 18th, our last show of the year, 
our top 10 sports stories of 2018. You can send us your top 10 stories by using the hashtag SBR2018 Top 10. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. We'll be right back. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. We're back to wrap up this edition of Sports Business Radio. Griggs, uh, I had a chance to go see my friend, former NBA player Brian Grant, who's battling Parkinson's. He's such an inspirational speaker. He spoke on the Nike campus here in Portland, Oregon, and I had not been on campus in a while. And they're doing expansion there. It looks like they're building another city. (laughs) They have a new Serena Williams building. I think a Sebastian Coe building, um, another building. But then they have a Coach K Fitness Center and building. And this is where Brian Grant spoke in the Athlete Hub (laughs) at the Coach K building. Griggs, the Coach K building is nuts. It is over the top. Uh, I will post some pictures on our Instagram feed at Sports Business Radio. But you walk into the gym, and it's got Shashevskyville at center court. It's got Coach K court. There's this really cool, like, uh, not statue, but it looks like a statue of Coach K. Um, they've got these walls that are like mirrors, and they've got all of his victories hmm. of, like, you know, the date. Right. Who they beat, what the score was. And then when you walk into the gym, too, it's got like, it, it looks like the Cameron Crazies are in the gym because <laughs> on both sides of the court, they've got like these murals of the, the nice. Cameron Crazies. But uh, it is a beautiful building. I think they said it's a million square feet. Nice. So pretty big. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about coaches being gods earlier in the show. Cha-ching. Coach K <laughs> is a god now. On the Nike campus at World Headquarters in Beaverton, Oregon. But it was a super impressive building. Uh, it was exciting to get a tour of it. And I even got a few shots up on Coach K nice. Court. I was in like loafers and, <laughs> you know, nice clothes, slacks and a dress shirt. But I'm like, you know what? Gotta if, do it. If Brian Grant's out here, uh, I was actually with Rick Buecher, formerly of ESPN, my partner on Everything's on the Record and Sports PR Summit. And now we're like, we're getting some shots up here. Nice. I, I, I wanted to get a little bit more run in there because there was no one in there. So I was like, man, <laughs> I'd like to get some shots up here for like half an hour or so. Oh, but uh, we got a few shots up. I, I nailed a few threes. That's good. It's my game. You know, I went to Loyola Marymount. So back in the day, we shot the three. Yeah. And uh, that's that's part now, of my game is w- the, the three ball. Was that when the three-point line was – it, had it been uh, invented yet? Oh, <laughs> 
Wow, Greg. Sorry, sorry. Ooh. No. I, I, I do have 50 <laughs> coming up here in a few weeks. The 5 0 coming nice. up in a few weeks. Nice. Uh, gonna go with a few buddies to Las Vegas. Uh, our good friends at the Bellagio and MGM are, uh, hosting us. They're always great. Bellagio is just an amazing yeah. hotel. And look, I'm not a big gambler. Uh, it's fun. I, I like craps because it's a social game. It's fun to put a few dollars down on like a five team parlay and mm-hmm. hope that you hit it and it gives you, you know, three or four hours of entertainment. Um, and then I like going to the spa and yeah. the Bellagio spa is good. And then they have some really good restaurants there. I mean, some of the best chefs in America are in Las Vegas now. So yeah. go get some good meals. So just, uh, hanging out with a few guys may, uh, smoke a stogie. I haven't had a stogie in a while. There and- you go. You do pretty well in the gambling. Uh, you've done well on craps. I mean, I've done I've done pretty well. I don't want to jinx myself. You know. I don't want to get ahead of it. I think the key when you go to Vegas, if you're gambling, is you have to have a number in mind that's oh, yeah. your budget. Because yeah. you know, back in the day when I was in college, I went to Loyola Marymount, like I just said, and it was in Los Angeles. So sometimes we just get in a car on a Friday night and let's drive to Vegas. Yeah, it's like four hours away. So you go there. And your buddies lose, and then they're going into the ATM. <laughs> and then they're going – this is the worst, Greg. They're going into their credit card. Yeah. So they're cashing out – you know, I have a $1,000 limit in college Ugh. on my credit card. You know, and they're cashing out $1,000. So they're compounding their losses. <laughs> and you're just like, no. It's Chevy uh, Chase. It's Chevy Chase it in is. the Vegas vacation. It is. And, and I've always been a pretty disciplined gambler. I have some, some rules that I go by. I have some games that I play. I'm not good at blackjack. Me either. Not good at cards. So I'm not going to sit down for cards. But uh, roulette, I'll play a little roulette. Mm-hmm. I have some rules there. And uh, craps is my game. I like craps. And like I said, it's a very social game. If yeah. you get at a table I like that. where people are winning and there's a lot of people at the table and you got a bunch of numbers in play and, you know, someone's got the dice for 30 or 40 minutes, it is a ball. It's, it's a lot of fun. And then same thing with the sports book. You go there with your buddies and you play some bets on games and yeah. you sit there for a few hours and you're like, Hey, is my five team parlay for $10? <laughs> you get a hit and, and that'll buy dinner for everyone. Tonight. There you go. Yeah. So, it's fun. You're right. And, uh, yeah, I remember a few years ago I was at MGM for Super Bowl and they took me behind the scenes. And by the way, I am going to try and sit down with uh, someone from MGM sports when I'm there. They've recently announced deals with the NBA and the NHL as their official mm-hmm. gambling and data partners. So, uh, I would like to talk to someone from there, so I may have that to throw onto the mix for our shows in early January. But, um, yeah, that'll be fun. And then trips to Chicago and New York coming up. Griggs, it's going to be a busy end of the year. And then I'm capping the year, celebrating the big 5-0 in my happy place, which is Maui. Nice. And, of course, while I'm there, Griggs, it just happens that the first PGA tournament of the year is taking place at Kapalua, my favorite course in the world, yeah. the plantation course. So I'm going to go try and sit down with someone from uh, the PGA or one of the golfers and bring that to you here on Sports Business Radio. So, Griggs, I'm mixing business and pleasure I like everywhere that. I go. It's <laughs> a way to do it. And uh, trying to bring good conversations to this audience. I mean, look, we're award-winning now. We That's have to right. keep up <laughs> the moniker, at least. We have a we have a, a rep to live up to That's now. Right. If we don't, people are going to go. Why are they award winning? You got to so subscribe. Subscribe today because you're going to get great content. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our sports business radio roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter 
at Boingo. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and, of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Bringing you the biggest names in sports business. Without further ado, we all know this gentleman. Let's give David Stern a big round of applause. Let's welcome the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmer. Give him a hand. Let's give a big hand to USC alum and co-owner of the Lakers and president of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. Thank you so, so much for having me, Brian. It was very, very kind, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Sir Charles, how are you? I'm doing good, man. How you doing this morning? Today's guest is Memphis Grizzlies head coach David Fisdale. Get the man, Barrett. My guest is tennis icon Chris Everett. He was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Pleased to welcome to the show... Kyrie Irving, the number one pick in the 2011 NBA Draft. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be joined by Pete Carroll, the executive VP of football operations and the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coach, how are you? Doing good. What's going on? Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio.